Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, listen up, Roto Grinders. It's the Ownership Report, week number eight in the National Football League DFS. My name is Chris Gimino, Ownership Projection Analyst here at Roto Grinders, joining me to go over week eight numbers. Dan Gasper, Mr. Tuttle 05 on the Daily Fantasy sites. Tuttle, welcome. Uh, the, the pricing is finally tied again. Are you ready to talk about a slate that's actually difficult to get through? Well, the pricing is tight, and we don't have a whole lot of uh, a lot of the big dogs on the slate either. Uh, we don't have a lot of the you know the the Kansas Cities, um, Cowboys. Although now it looks like the Cowboys will what have Cooper Rush under center. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a, a very different slate than what we've seen pretty much to this point in the season. Yeah, no, unfortunately, no Cooper Rush on this slate. We are going to have to deal with some other guys who are just slightly better than Cooper Rush. A quarterback position title this week is going to be an interesting one because, you know, we're finding the same names. Like, I feel like, a, like I'm repeating myself when it comes to the most owned quarterbacks. And I think, once again, we're going to be talking about Jalen Hurts, Matt Stafford, Josh Allen, Tom Brady as your top four highest owned quarterbacks on DraftKings. You mix up the word a little bit on some other sites. Like maybe you'll see Josh Allen, the highest owned on FanDuel. Maybe you'll see Stafford, highest owned on a site like Yahoo. But I would say in some form or fashion, these are the guys. Who do you think is going to reach the top here on DraftKings? Yeah, I agree with the order you have it currently with Hertz. Hertz just fits a lot of builds on DraftKings. Um, we kind of, it's kind of a theme where we almost look for like the lowest priced playable quarterback in cash games is essentially what's been the theme this season. And that's kind of the theme on you know, for this week as well. So yeah, I, I agree with the, the order you have it with Jalen Hurts followed by Stafford. Um, and like you said, on where pricing doesn't matter nearly as much, like on FanDuel, Josh Allen, awesome play, slam dunk play, and he'll be the highest on there for sure. If you're joining us for the first time here on the Ownership Report, we're going to go through position by position, talk about the highest projected owned players. And then later in the show, we're going to drop through and give you some guys at lower ownership who could potentially break that trend and maybe get to a higher fantasy score than their ownership implies, hope help you out in daily fantasy tournaments. Hertz, as you mentioned, is, is the guy with the combination of price and upside projected on this slate that seems to be popular across the board. Uh, Matthew Stafford's the guy with the, well, I wouldn't say Detroit's a bad matchup by any stretch of the imagination, Toto, but uh, Matthew Stafford here uh, against uh, Houston is possibly a little bit better. And you've got a real cheap wide receiver that you can pair with him uh, as well as maybe the most expensive wide receiver we've seen in some time. Uh, to sort of balance that out but you know Matthew Stafford double stacks are going to be pretty popular here in tournaments and rightfully so the matchup's great and he's done nothing but produce this year are you going to be taking a chance on Stafford here at high ownership yes um, although this is kind of the interesting thing right like last week we had so many more options so the matchup against Texans pushed people off of Kyler Murray whereas this week we don't quite have the same blow concerns I mean they're, they're still there um, but they're not driving ownership nearly as much as they did last week. So I, I do think that's an interesting um, thing to note. And something else that you alluded to that I'm actually curious, are people actually playing Van Jefferson now that Deshaun Jackson's done? They're out of there? Oh, I mean, I can't imagine they're not. I mean, you – It doesn't you change anything, it, though, right? Well, here's the thing. If you're talking about a guy who – yeah, his projection goes up for sure without Jackson. I mean, even if you say, okay, Deshaun Jackson wasn't actually – ending up with snaps on the field if you you were still allocating probability to Deshaun Jackson being on the field every single week and now that now that probability is gone you are not going to assign that same probability to Tutu Atwell 
you are, you know, you're definitely going to say it's far more probable that we see Van Jefferson higher percentage of the time than we once were with Deshaun Jackson in the mix. Now that does that actually mean he's a better play though? Like you said, like, yeah, I don't think he is not even close, but see, and that's so really if ownership's directing that way. Then like, like I understand a hundred percent what you're saying, but it's like, if, if ownership is piling in on Van Jefferson, which we'll, we'll get to a little later, it looks like it kind of is at the lower end, like, it's going to be sporadic when he hits. It's like, I think what we've seen this season in terms of his box score production, that's going to remain the same. It's going to be very unpredictable. So, you know, those high variance guys are the guys that if they're going to be popular, you don't want to play them. If they're not going to be popular, those are the guys you're going to want to play. Sure. But you've also got Higby at the tight end position. You're trying you know, again, if you're playing a quarterback like Stafford, no rushing ability to speak of, you're almost for sure taking two players with him. You're not, skinny stacking Matt Stafford would you agree with that yeah 100 percent. so rather than take the most expensive route with Woods and Cup you're probably going to see combinations of uh you know two guys that one of the cheaper guys and one of the more expensive guys but I digress Stafford will be popular for the week and we'll get into Jefferson in just a little bit now Josh Allen is interesting because at 8.1 you're already getting into spending some salary cap just to get the quarterback here this is why he's not more highly projected uh than he is right now because if you're going to stack Josh Allen, we'll make that stack total. We don't have a tight end anymore, really. You know, no one's playing Tommy Sweeney, per se. So if you're going to play this Stephon Diggs, well, Emmanuel Sam- Sanders isn't exactly that cheap anymore. Cole Beasley's not exactly that cheap anymore. So I don't know. How popular is Josh Allen going to be? That's really what I'm getting at here is, can you afford this with Diggs? Or are we really going to see lots of single stacks or stacks of two of the cheaper guys? Um. I get what you're getting at, like in terms of he's not necessarily an easy pair candidate, um, except on on FanDuel. Uh, Diggs is cheap. Yeah. Diggs is Diggs is free there. Uh, so again, FanDuel completely different story. Um, I get what you're alluding to, and I guess you could almost see like a not that the cost of stack is different, but this is where you could see Tom Brady potentially leap ahead of Josh Allen in, in tournaments in terms of ownership. Just because, again, the stacking pair, the, the stack pairing is just so easy, um, or even just knowing who to to choose as the one offs, whether it be Mike Evans over Godwin, is is uh, much easier to do. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I mean, Josh Allen's still going to carry ownership. I think if you if you want to go the low owned route, then Cole Beasley's the guy to do it with, although he's not all that low owned. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I get the predicament you're saying here, and I like I. Does that make you not like him in tournaments? I guess would be my question to you. No, I mean, I think Josh Allen is the type of player that I like in tournaments almost no matter what. Like there's not enough ownership that you can assign to Josh Allen. And like, and we just talked about the predicament. You can make a unique team with Josh Allen no matter what. And he's the kind of player that you don't necessarily 100% need two other guys with uh, because he's got rushing touchdown upside, because he's got rushing yardage upside. And certainly because he's got 304 passing upside I mean this is a guy that can get it done in multiple different ways and that just doesn't restrict the potential possibilities to the point where any ownership on Josh Allen is going to deter me and of course we know the ceilings in the 40s I mean well it's high 30s technically but if you if he got 40 you wouldn't fall over dead okay so Tom Brady of course has been killing it this year we don't need to over discuss this lots of ways that you can build that particular lineup and I think you agree with me he'll be owned the guy that I want to know if you think will be owned that I think will be owned is Matt Ryan. Now, Matt Ryan and Tua were both owned last week in that matchup because of their price tags. And the price tag has not gone up considerably on Ryan. And then of course, again, Calvin Ridley's cheap. Uh, Everyone's going to at least consider Kyle Pitts, even though the price tag's expensive just because of what he's been doing lately. And then there's a quandary about that team after that. But I do think that you'll see Matt Ryan teams. Do you agree with that? Yes, but aren't you afraid of Stefan Gilmore? Who? <laughs> Stefan Gilmore officially activated today for the Panthers. I'm sorry, that, that's a bit we do on the solo cast that you're not quite in tune to. No, I, I, I am actually aware of that. And I said who because I don't, I, you know, we used to pay a lot of attention to wide receiver cornerback matchups. And now even mentioning an individual cornerback's name just makes me like shiver when it comes to trying to figure out whether you should play somebody or not. Like I'm like embarrassed that I ever thought about it at all, but yeah. Um, But no, yeah. So Ryan will get ownership here um, just because of the price tag. I do think one thing I just noticed uh, scarring through this a little bit, like 
I, maybe you'll see the, the gap shrink between Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. Like, I think Wentz is probably too low. Like, if you're looking at, at uh, quarterbacks in this price range, I think those two will be the, the two highest owned there, even though I'm a, I'm a Sam Darnold guy, and we'll get to him later. Like, he's, he's the guy I want in tournaments. Um, but I do think in terms of just predicting ownership, my guess would be Matt Ryan, then Carson Wentz. Um, so I, I would boost Wentz up here a tiny bit, I think. That makes some sense to me. I mean, there's certainly, you know, definitely lot roster construction benefits to making a team with Wentz. Uh, and, and it's easy to see how that team sort of makes itself if you start to fully correlate it uh, with the other side of it. So, yeah, there's there's definitely some merit to uh, bumping up the Wentz ownership here. I, I do think that there is a question of whether outside of the DFS bubble, how many people are interested in rostering Carson Wentz. But I do think the bubble's big enough at week eight in this point that we need to be considering it uh, higher than we have it right now at 4%. Uh, Justin Herbert at 5.7%. I mean, there's a chance that that could get up there, but the, you know, again, looking at the matchup and looking at the, the price of the guys you're going to be pairing with Justin Herbert, it's not, ne not necessarily easy to get both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen into a team. And certainly the Austin Eckler thing, he's expensive and questionable. Uh, definitely reasons to think that Herbert won't be as highly owned as he could be. Otherwise, based on his projection, do you think that this is a mistake? I think the ownership's right. I do think if he's going to be, you mentioned he might trend upwards. I, I think if he comes in lower on, like you hundred percent want this guy. Uh, like new England's thought of as a difficult matchup and they have been a lot of its pace of play with them. Um, they made Davis Mills look good. And I was kind of on that trend with Dak Prescott them the week after like this defense is not as good as we think they are. Um, that's kind of where I think we are with Herbert too. Um, the issue then you have there too is who who's where's the ownership going to go with um, Mike Williams versus Keenan Allen. Mike Williams is apparently the the wide receiver one there now, um, but Keenan still remains the much easier guy to fit into lineups. Uh, so I think that's also interesting. But but if you think in general that the Chargers ownership is going to be down like by Herbert by Mike Williams, I would not be surprised to see this another spot where those two go under owned and end up winning tournaments. Yeah, we know no one's rostering Jacoby Myers on the other side as the bring back. So not even maybe not even on Yahoo where he's the minimum salary for some dumb reason. Okay, let's finish up quarterback conversation here. Is there anyone else that you think can really be considered, you know, anywhere above 5% in any universe? You mentioned Arnold, uh, Trevor Lawrence is cheap, Joe Burrow has been going off. Any of these guys have pose a risk to become into a chalkier status? Or are we mostly looking at lower own once we get past those top four or five guys? Yeah, I think lower own once you get past the Wentz was the only one that I would have mentioned again is kind of potentially hitting over that 5% mark. But I don't think there's anybody else under here. I have a really, really ugly play, but I don't know if you want me to save it for uh, the low yeah, you gotta options. Save Definitely save it. Let's get into the running backs. Uh, again, not as like blatantly obvious as far as who should be owned at the running back position as we've seen in some weeks in NFL DFS. I think Henderson... Uh, against Houston probably ends up towards the top here. Uh, there, you know, after that we can have a conversation, but I'm, he's the guy that I'm pretty sure out of all the guys that we'll talk about here at the top is going to be popular despite not really coming through last week. Yeah, he'll be very popular. And I like, I, he'll, he'll be higher than this. In my opinion, he'll be, I know it's hard to push. Once you get to a certain point, it's tough to push. Um, but I would say, look at whatever he was last week. And even though he didn't play well, put it right around there would be my guess. Like his price didn't change because of his poor performance last week. Um, but another excellent spot for him. And he'll be he'll he'll be chalk and, and rightfully so. I think what you meant to say is once you start getting above, like if I'm going to push him above 21% on here, you're getting out of the realm of the rational where you would say, you know, yeah. these projections are similar. These prices are similar. They should have either similar ownership or just a, you know, an understandable difference in ownership versus once you start raising that gap, it becomes, starts to become irrational and it becomes difficult to make that projection. Now, Henderson in this particular case does have some downside warts, which, you know, to be honest with you are merited uh, even against Houston. You know, like Sony Michelle hasn't shown up yet, but he does still lurk there, right? Like, is there 
any world in which you could imagine Sony Michelle just popping up in the second half of a game and getting pounded for 10 carries if they were up real big. I think that that's in the range, don't you? Don't you? I mean, I can't imagine them running Henderson up like four touchdowns. Yeah, and we saw that a little bit, um, well, against the Giants, was it? I think Michelle, yeah, we saw it against the Giants. Like, Henderson still smashed because he was part of the producing actual points stage of the game. Um, and he, he got a touchdown in that game as well. But, yeah, I mean, that's if you're playing for a blowout, um, like he's unlikely to get the fourth quarter carries. Yes, uh, I agree with that. Well, in any case, I'm not necessarily trying to take away from Henderson as a play as much as I'm trying to say. I think he doesn't run away with ownership the way he did. He was like, in some of the more expensive tournaments, he was closer to 40% last week, which was, you know, we, we were projecting 29% or something like that in the bigger tournaments, like the slant and the Millie maker. Uh, that's really where the ownership projections are sort of geared towards. But uh, Henderson should definitely be one of the more popular guys this week. Now, after that, so I want you to look at the next, you know, 10 guys on the list and tell me that you're absolutely sure one guy is going to be more popular than another guy. So I've, I've got Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift as guys at the 7K range that I think should be popular based on their projections and based on their, you know, their situations individually. Joe Mixon's in a pretty good spot against the Jets. Uh, his price tag is also in that general category. Then you've got some guys who, you know, quite frankly, have some questions. Uh, Hubbard, Fournette, Mitchell, and Gainwell are the guys that I have all after that. Uh, is there any reason that I should be looking at one of these guys as more favorable than the others uh, didn't really stand out on paper to me. No, and this is why we should retitle this segment. This is why Daryl Henderson's going to get more than 21% ownership because none of these other guys stand out at all. Um, and that's what's different from last week, right? We had um, Derek Henry, who was just going to be monster, monster chalk last week, which drove Henderson down a little bit, which I we don't have this week. Um, I agree. People love Jonathan Taylor. They love to play him. He'll, he'll be high on. But I also agree with your sentiment. There's no guy that stands out here as the guy that's just going to end up being chalk. Like, I I can't make a case for any of these guys over the other ones. Um, I think in, in general, I agree with your top three. And I think, I think after the top three, I think we'll see a drop off. So that's Henderson, Taylor, and Swift, I think will be the top three in ownership. And then after that, I think it will be, you know, who knows how this is going to go is going to break down basically you're playing on yahoo and you've got 22 dollars to spare which you almost for sure do i want to go ahead and get deandre swift in there i think that's a little bit underpriced on that particular site he'll be chalk over there uh joe i uh, we mentioned Mixon. uh i would say in general people gear up to game plan against the jets as if they're going it's going to be a passing based matchup uh we saw for example the patriots last week instead of activating Ramondre Stevenson, they activated Taylor. Do you think that Mixon, you know, will be utilized in the passing game at all in this spot? Or do you think, quite frankly, it doesn't matter. They're just going to be able to find a way to get ground game yardage against the Jets. Didn't stop uh, Harris last week, by the way. Yes, you so that, that, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like they, theoretically on paper, the Jets are easier to attack through the air. But then it gets to the point where the game where they're just playing from so far behind that the running backs get a ton of carries anyway. Um, and that's because I, I did that the uh, what the first time have these teams played twice? Did the did the Patriots play the Jets twice already? It's possible because I, I think or I might be thinking of somebody else. I, I swear I touted uh, Mac Jones earlier this season when they were playing the, the Jets, but I could be completely wrong on uh, on their actual opponent. Um, but yeah, I mean, so Mixon, I think he'll get there from volume alone. Just like it, the volume will find him, I guess, is the, the appropriate way to say it. Yeah, I do believe they're missing somebody there. I think Evans is the guy who I'm not sure if he's rolled out or if he's on the way out. But yeah, looks like we're projecting Travion Williams in there. So Evans is not going to be in there this week. Uh, yes, they played the Jets in week two because I taught it. I cannot forget the Mac Jones, Nelson Aguilar taught that was terrible. Oh, we, we never, we'll never forget. Okay. So I mentioned some of the guys here with warts. Uh, Hubbard is, is a guy who just continues to look like he has good on paper spots or good on paper usage. And he's not really delivering the big time DFS results. Atlanta is one of those matchups in years past that we were looking at as a place to potentially get running back production. Uh, are we going to be able to run it back here with Hubbard at 6k? That price tag is certainly affordable. 
Yeah, the price tag is affordable. Um, I mean, it's almost the th- same thing with him every week, right? It's just like he's not putting – he'll score a touchdown, but he won't get the yards. He'll get the yards, but he won't score a touchdown. He just doesn't seemingly put everything together in the same week. Uh, but it's a good spot for him. Um, I think I think he's a strong overall play. Um, interestingly, I mean, I like, I like the passing game more. Um, so I guess, I guess from that sense, I hope Hubbard creeps up to, to nearly 20% ownership because that should give me a little bit more leverage on the passing attack. Um, I think Hubbard overall is a fine play. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I prefer the passing attack. I think Fournette might be the guy that's at the biggest risk of, of sinking down some here, uh, mostly because of we're going to see some popularity on the passing game, but also new Orleans is generally viewed yeah. as a tougher defensive matchup. So you know, if there's a reason to lower Fournette, it would be that. Eli Mitchell is a player with, you know, he's, he, I mean, he, I mean, he might as well be Raheem Mostert, right? Like we're just not going, you know, it's either he's going to break a long touchdown or score a couple of touchdowns, or he's probably not going to absolutely crush in your lineup because he's not involved in the passing game. Uh, do you think fi- at 5.4, you can pull the trigger against the Bears, especially at 15% ownership? Probably not. If, if <clears throat> probably not. I don't. Th- he just doesn't have any role at all as a receiver. Like if we saw any sort of dump downs going to him on a weekly basis, I I could get on, on it and on it a little bit. But we saw Jamichael Hasty was active for the first time last week, and he was like the third down back. Uh, Mitchell saw no third down opportunities last week at all. I uh, so like yeah. I, I think. Mitchell is a good fade at this projected ownership. Now he, he's another one of these guys, though. I mean, if he's going to get six yards of carry every every single week, which in San Francisco in this offense is, it's not stupid to think that you're going to get that more than the average offense. It's still a situation where you'd probably prefer to take it at lower own. Since there's not a lot of cheap options this week, I do think that you'll see some of him. Gainwell was a guy that I thought would be owned earlier in the week. Been backing down off that lately. Is this a mistake? Because Boy, if if you if you told me this guy was getting the majority of the work, I would start to get real excited against Detroit. No, and I was with you I, at the beginning of the week. He was also somebody that I was like, oh, he's going to see a lot of ownership. Um, but now, what? Well, they might actually elevate Jordan Howard. See, I don't um, care about that. I've I've seen people talk about that, and I don't like Jordan Howard stinks. Everybody knows it, and especially the Eagles know it. Like he's he's an early down protection grinder. Like I, I don't. I mean, not like. You know, I mean, he's like a like a like an insurance grinder. I don't I don't see them leveraging Jordan Howard as a big part of the offense. I mean, how many times does this guy have to stink before they people start realizing that the only reason he's ever like on a team is is you know is is just as like a I don't know I don't, I'm trying to think of a good comp here, but he's like he's like store brand Peyton Barber, right? See, so for me and you, it doesn't matter, right? Because we never envisioned. Kenny Gainwell is an early down back anyway. Like, sure, we think he might get a couple more carries with Sanders out of the mix, but I was assuming that work would go to Boston Scott anyway, um, yeah. which is was my – and I assume based on your reaction, that was your assumption as well. I don't think that was the assumption <laughs> of the general public. Like, I, I think people thought that Gainwell would get a fair share of early down work, which, again, me and you – don't think that but the people driving these ownership numbers I, I do think they believe that um so to them Howard does matter a little bit Howard again does not matter to you or I um but I could see I don't think this is like an insane number on on Gainwell though either at 12 percent but at the beginning of the week I was like oh yeah he's going to be 20 percent plus owned um he won't he won't get there maybe he'll be owned give me six targets from Gainwell this week against Detroit and I'll gladly accept it at 12% ownership at 20% ownership, you know, maybe not so much, but it's certainly a situation where I do like Kenneth Gainwell, the player. I do like that. He is capable, not just as a check down passing game option, but could potentially get downfield and break explosive plays in the passing game. Uh, we haven't seen much uh, yet from Gainwell. We haven't, you know, we haven't seen the big game, but I do think that he is, but he is capable of it. And I think we'll see it before long in his career. Um, I, I don't, in other words, I don't, I don't think he's like a, like a low upside satellite back. I think he can be a satellite back plus. Uh, okay. So speaking of satellite back plus Cordell Pat, 
Patterson out of nowhere, busting out big games this season. The king. Jesus. Are we seeing it again here? This is a I mean, this is a tougher spot for the Atlanta offense overall. The Carolina defense has been generally pretty good this season. And I think that could actually be good news for someone like him in his role. But the question is, is he going to get the tournament winning upside that we need? So here's the thing. Early in the season, he was putting up big numbers with limited opportunity. Now he's actually seen a role change, right? Like he is, at least how they used him last week, he is RB1 in this offense. Um, that remains to be seen if that's the plan going forward, but he outcarried uh, Mike Davis 14 to four. Uh, we know he's a, a threat in the passing attack. Uh, he ran the third most routes on the team last week. Like if he's seeing that type of usage, he is an excellent play at this price point. Um, and maybe people still think Mike Davis is a thing and maybe Mike Davis is still a thing and we just don't know it. Um, but if we go off just off of last week's usage, I would jam him over the, the 11% that he's currently pre- being projected on DK. Thing is, you could take away these 14 carries or at least some of them, and I'm still getting five, nine, six targets yeah. here. I mean, these are these are really good numbers for a running back, and the price tag isn't particularly exorbitant. So I'm going to have to somehow shed my Cordell Patterson bias and consider it this week. It, it, it's tough. I mean, for year, I mean, for years we thought this guy was going to be something. He turned out to be jack squat. All of a sudden, he just revives himself out of nowhere in a situation where you know, we thought at best he would be like a gadget player in the Atlanta offense. It was going to be all Mike Davis, but they, they see something here with him. They're running with it, and hopefully we can leverage it to our DFS profitability. Now, Derrick Henry is somebody that we've leveraged to our DFS profitability in the past. 8.9, the price tag is down just a little bit. The projection is down just a little bit as well. How are people going to react? Is 10% too low? He was up in the 20% range last week. People didn't exactly get their money's worth. Will they do it again? That's the big question. I mean, and this is the difference between hashtag math and just the people that jam, that jam Derrick Henry every week, right? Um, he'll be owned. Yeah, he, he's always owned. He, he'll be, he'll probably be higher than this 10%. He's just in a, he's such an impossible figure to capture um, with ownership projections because he's always going to project based on, based on the hashtag math, he's going to project as a lower owned player. Um, but he's an anomaly uh, he's a freak and he's going to be higher on this for sure. He'll, he'll, he's a good play. Um, I'm never going to talk down on Derrick Henry because if, if I talk down on Derrick Henry, he just burns me. Yeah, I actually don't think he'll be quite as highly on as last week. I mean, if there's a way to get him above 10%, I'll certainly try to find it. One of those ways is you have to start crushing guys like Najee at 7.5, Alvin Kamara at 8.7. Uh, you know, Mark Ingram is now in the mix here. I would expect that people are going to look at this matchup versus Tampa Bay and not get tremendously excited at this price tag on DraftKings specifically on FanDuel. I think that you are definitely going to, and, and Yahoo as well. I think the price points are just, a, he's cheaper on FanDuel, so forget it. Uh, you go ahead and chalk up people trying to get with Alvin Kamara there. Uh, on Yahoo 33, also fairly reasonable in terms of their salary structure. But on DraftKings at 8.7, I don't see it fitting the builds as often as people would like. They'll be lower owned on that site. Anything else you want to mention here at the running back position before we get into wideouts? Yes. Nick Chubb. Well, Tuttle, Nick, Nick Chubb's not going to be on. So do you want to save that one for a little bit later? We, we, you got you to give us some juice at the end of the show here. All right. We'll talk about it. I'm genuinely, genuine, genuinely curious about Nick Chubb. Well, I'm genuinely curious about him too. And we will find out in the low-owned picks segment. Nick Chubb is the kind of player, Tuttle, that if it were a good matchup, he might find himself in the pool of 20 on Thrive Fantasy. Now, Thrive Fantasy, for people who do not know, is a prop-based daily fantasy site. Come over and prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. It is a place where you can bet on esports props as well as player props. Eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on just the top-tier athletes like your Nick Chubbs and really have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 guys that they're going to give you for each of your lineups. It's going to be assigned a prop value based on the over and the under for every single one of those players. And you want to basically get them in your lineup based on how likely it is to hit. Build the best lineup and you can win your share of the prize pool. Use promo code GRINDERS over there and get yourself a 100% instant first deposit match up to 250 bucks. 
download the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or the Google Play Store, or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Tuttle, wide receivers. Easier conversation for me. I do think that Chris Godwin, once again, is going to be the chalk wide receiver on DraftKings and very highly owned on all the fantasy sites this week. Uh, tell me why Chris Godwin, after a performance last week that was over 25 fantasy points, should be lower owned than the 20-plus percent range. He, sh- he shouldn't be. <laughs> He's going to be extreme chalk again. I don't know why his price tag didn't move. Shame on you, DraftKings. Shame on you. Did you see uh, – <clears throat> The guy, I forgot where I saw this. Um, Godwin, I think, was the last guy. This guy did a um, parlay on FanDuel, and it was all these guys to get over 100 yards, receiving or rushing, and Godwin was that last guy. And Godwin was in the game in the fourth quarter in a blowout for no reason, and he had one last reception to get it, like 28-yard reception to get him there. And it was like, it was some insane payoff. Um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's great. That's fantastic. And it's one of the exciting <laughs> things about betting props like you can do on Thrive Fantasy. Uh, Chris Godwin, another guy you might you might find yourself rostering over there someday. But yeah, I mean, in particular, the, you know, the, the fact that the Buccaneers are going to keep the guys in the game. And this is what the Patriots did back in the day too, right? Yeah. There was never an off button with Tom Brady. I mean, it, it has to be like the bitter end for them to take this guy out of the game. He just like refuses to leave. He just wants to yeah. absolutely crush your soul. And, th- you know, again, the, the Saints don't pose that kind of risk this week. But we're, pl- we're talking about playing in New Orleans. We're talking about, you know, w- the outdoor conditions starting to get worse across the league. Uh, this is a situation where Godwin is going to find himself in a lot of rosters for good reason. Now, the question is, you know, are we willing to go ahead and risk that in a lineup that isn't stacked with this game when – you know, you're talking about 20% of the field that's going to have him. Is he a guy that you're going to use outside of stacks? Probably. I'm a sucker for it. Like, it, you're he's a chalk eater. I'm a chalk. I'm a chalk donkey. But like, so we start looking at some of these other guys that are going to eat ownership. And honestly, the position's not that strong this week. Um, like he's he's such a good source of fantasy points. Like I'm not going to say guaranteed 20 points, but that's, that's what it feels like here. Well, Ridley against Carolina, is going to be popular. Uh, you mentioned Stefan Gilmore's back. So, uh, you know, we, or maybe we, we need to worry about the wide receiver cornerback spots here, Tuttle. But well, here's the, that, that's the argument for Godwin, right? Marshawn Lattimore, man. Oh my God. Dude, I, that's I a thing. About that, Mar- all right. So Marshawn Lattimore legitimately owns Michael Mike Evans. Just legitimately. He he owns him. That's one I believe. I guess, but I mean, geez. Like just a, I, I can't I can't imagine. Like, I mean, I I mean if it's happened a couple of times, I mean, who am I to say that this one is the isn't the only one of the very few real ones that exist out there? But I certainly wouldn't be over analyzing the matchup for Calvin Ridley when trying to select him at 6,600. I think he had like 10 targets last week or something ridiculous. Uh, yeah, 10. You know, he only had four for 26. So the touchdown sort of bailed him out here. But this guy's capable of huge games. So it's definitely someone who's going to be meritorious of the ownership that he's going to receive this week. I think Cooper Cup at 9K also against Houston. I mean, what are we going to say here? I mean, this guy, he gets 20, he gets 30 fantasy points half the time. Yeah. And we don't have Tyreek or Devante stealing some of that high priced ownership either this week. Um, which honestly is a shame for the people that have just been jamming Cooper cup all, all season. Uh, Cause he's dominated those guys. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, like there's nowhere else high end or high priced ownership is going to go. Uh, this week at the wide receiver position. So I, I agree Cooper, or Cooper will be pretty high owned. You'll probably see some people chase, no pun intended, Jamar Chase uh, at 7.5 here because he had the massive couple of games so far in his rookie season. The Jets are certainly a spot you want to attack through the air. So, you know, I would I would definitely expect people to go back to Chase, uh, at least from the general public standpoint. And, you know, even the DFS crowd is probably enamored enough with him to try to get some shots because of the upside here. Higgins is a guy that every single week looks like he should be higher on than he is. 
are we finally at the point where people are just going to give up and click his name because he's affordable and there's not that many cheap guys? No, he's get, he's the one that's getting so much steam already. Um, again, it's, it's hard to uh, separate just our DFS inner circle and the actual general public, but Higgins is getting so much love in the DFS space. Um, he is 100% going to be the stone chalk in this price range, um, which again is actually not how you have it projected. You have Michael Pittman projected for more uh, ownership currently. I do. And yeah, so that's interesting to me. Um, I don't well, know. Michael Pittman's projected better than T. Higgins. So, I mean, that's, that's really where that's stemming from. I guess it's not by a mile, though, so maybe this should be closer. But I do think that people are going to turn to Pittman here in this spot. I mean, we're, I mean, there's not that many guys that you can that you can get to in this range. I mean, Devontae Smith is one of those guys that you can get to, uh, and I think he'll be owned because of the pairing options, and I certainly think people have uh, come to respect him throughout here. But, but once you get past then, like no one rosters Jacoby Myers. He's 5.1. Like I aforementioned, you know, never scored a touchdown in his life, so or in his NFL career. So you're not going to see people go there. Like I, I even think I probably am just a little bit too aggressive here on Cole Beasley at 4.9. Yeah. So maybe Higgins could be higher, but I just don't, I don't see how Pittman doesn't get at least some ownership here. I, I don't see how else you're going to build a team. No, Pitt, Pittman will. Pittman will. Um, and again, this is probably just me being like the DFS center circle guy thinking Higgins will get to, to me, it makes more sense that the general public would be on Michael Pittman than T Higgins. Brandon cooks is going to be, I mean, aside from being the only available option on the Texans worth rostering, if you're going to make a team with two Los Angeles Rams and Matthew Stafford, I mean, tell, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, about going to the cheap guys on the Texans last week. But I think pretty much Cooks is going to be the guy that gets the ownership here. And he's super cheap on a bunch of different sites. $15 on Yahoo, 5700 not too bad on DraftKings, but six k on FanDuel. Yeah, I think he's going to be on. Yeah, the, the problem is, other than what, the first couple of weeks of the season, he's really not that different than Jacoby Myers. Um, <laughs> so it's a matter of like, are people getting sick of, this is the guy that projects well every single week. Um, he's been trashed because he has a trash quarterback. Uh, market share doesn't matter that much if your quarterback is only throwing half the balls are catchable or whatever like that that's not a real number but um so yeah like he'll get ownership but i, I do think it is starting to, to to trend downward yeah and, I, and that makes sense and i think i probably would try to find a, another place to put it if there really was a place so you look at okay so van jefferson we talked about him earlier i have him around 13 14 percent owned right now at 3.9. Uh, I'm a little bit worried that that's just a touch aggressive, but I definitely think that he'll be somebody that gets clicked on more than he would have if Deshaun Jackson was still there. Now, we, I also talked about, we, you know, we talked about Keenan Allen at 12.3. He's more expensive uh, on, you know, at 6.5. I, I still don't see people getting there, you know, more than 15% of the time. AJ Brown had the huge week last week. I think there's a guy that his number could go up higher except for we can't afford everything. So, you know, where, where, I mean, who you say these other guys are difficult to see as high owned, where else are people going to even go? It's an ugly week, isn't it? Debo Samuel at 7,400. Right. And again, another more expensive guy, you know, Jamison Crowder, Robbie Anderson, Jacoby Myers, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, you, you, you stop me when somebody, okay. Jerry Judy's got uh, injury concerns still like Tyler Johnson is questionable in his upside. Like where, where are we going to get salary savings on DraftKings when it comes to the wide receiver position? I think we've answered that question already title. I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of great options. It's going to be spread out pretty thin. The, uh, one guy you mentioned. So let's say <clears throat> we get the, the Adam Schefter tweet tonight. Jerry Judy, ready to go, full go, no restrictions. He's the guy that jumps over 10% pretty easily, I think. Very well could be. Um, I think the, the spot, if I recall, against Washington is better than we thought it was going to be before the season yes. started. So, you know, for me, I think that that is certainly something that you could rationalize as a good spot. But I still think even just the late-breaking nature of that news won't get him. If he gets the 10%, it's not going very far. 
beyond that. So a, a little bit, you know, the top of the wide receiver position is pretty clear. I think it starts to get muddy after that. But overall, is there anyone in this particular slate of games that you think I just, you know, I have to have here at the wide receiver position, or is it really just going to be a function of what fits your build? After the top two, no, it's just a function. So Godwin and Rid, like playing cash games, Godwin and Ridley have to, they have to fit your build. If I'm playing GPPs, the only guy, like I'm not jamming in Ridley. Godwin also have plenty of exposure to, um, Ridley, I'll have a lot of just because of the, I, I mentioned numerous times already, I like the Panthers game stack. Uh, so I'll be using him as a bring back there. Um, but no, it, it, I, I, I think what you're getting to and what it will be is I think we'll see pretty spread out ownership in general with wide receivers this week. Okay, one more question on wide receiver. I want to talk about DJ Moore versus Robbie Anderson. So you say you like Sam Donald this week. Uh, it is difficult for me to look at the layout of this slate and get DJ Moore a ton of ownership in the projections right now. But I do think that he, you know, in based on his projection could merit it. Do you think that he is going to be a player that is going to be under projected when it's all said and done here at 8% on DraftKings, a little bit higher on the other fantasy sites, but on DraftKings specifically, do you think DJ Moore is going to be under up? Yes, I think he will be. Um, I mean, again, this could be just like the DFS inner circle speaking to me, but based on my, on my Twitter timeline, if people are playing Sam Darnold, it's going to be chasing after Robbie Anderson again, over and over and over again. Um, so I do think like the, a lot of the Darnold stack, but honestly, I like that too, just because the, the cost is so low. Uh, you can do a lot of things with the rest of your lineup. If you stack Darnold and, and Robbie Anderson, um, but I do think more is like clearly the better overall option. And if you expect more to be lower owned than, than Robbie Anderson, which I think will be the case, um, it, it seems like a good week to, to jam them in. Of course, Darnold and Robbie Anderson, the OG stack from the Jets back in the day. If you want to play against some of the OGs of DFS, you can go to the Rotor Grinders homepage and sign up for the DFS OGs League on FanDuel. Sign up and get your share of the prize money. Kick their asses. Beer makers fan, head shopper, notorious. Get to the homepage, find that contest, get in there, and beat them down. Okay, let's talk tight ends. So this is, God, Tuttle. If I, I can't even imagine that I'm going to say this name as the chalk. Like, like it's like, it's, it like explodes my, it's right too, but it, it like explodes my head that Dan Arnold is the chalk in, in DFS. He's 2,800 on DraftKings. The role has been exceptional in, Jack, in Jacksonville for him. Uh, talk to me. I mean, like, what's going on here? Am, am I in the weird, bizarre world, or is this actually happening? This is happening, um, and it's largely a function of just how – just lineup construction more than anything. Like, the, the $2,800 tight end is very valuable um, this week in, in building lineups. Um, I will pat myself on a little – on the back a, a little bit here. I was on the, the, the Darnold – Dan Arnold train uh, his second game with Jacksonville because I, I did think they looked to actually get him the ball um, and they were drawing up like tight end screens for him and things like that so it's like not only is the $2,800 valuable for lineup construction but he also has a legitimate role in an offense it's, it's not a very good offense uh, but it's a legitimate legitimate role in a in a poor offense um, so yeah he, he's gonna be chalk and I, I agree, if people don't play him, they will be going up to Goddard. So I 100% agree with these two being the, the two highest on guys. Now I wonder aloud if Ricky Seals-Jones against Denver is going to get overlooked yet again. Seals-Jones continues to be projected better than his ownership at the end of the day reflects. Uh, right, right now, I'm still in line with where the fantasy points are. But if you were to say, you know, someone who's being touted like a Pat Freermuth at 3.6 against Cleveland, could he eclipse someone like Steels Jones for that ownership. Could Jared Cook, who you absolutely shrug your shoulders at every single week, come through and steal some of this ownership? Like, is it correct to actually have Steels Jones with ownership or should he be getting lower down this list? No, he, he should have ownership. Um, he's so she's shown such a good stable role. Um, like his role is so, is, is so much better than some of those guys you mentioned, like Jared Cook, um, better offense, but the, the role is so much better for RSJ. Like, 
especially this week with Deami Brown's out, um, Curtis Samuel's out. He is the number two, two passing game option here. Um, so he, he should get ownership and he projects well. Yeah, Freemuth obviously going to benefit with no Ebron this week, uh, but we are talking about a relatively, you know, poor scoring environment uh, at Cleveland. So, you know, he's not exactly a guy you're looking for the 100-yard bonus from either. So it's basically a bunch of touchdowns to get Freemuth to be to the highest echelons of tight end scoring, but that's certainly not out of the question with his skill set. Kyle Pitts, of course, is got a skill set to get to the hundred yard bonus. You think he's going to do it again? Um, it's a lot. It, it's more difficult matchup, which we've mentioned before. Um, the opportunity is great, though. Um, I'll have exposure just because, again, I like the the Panthers' passing attack. He's a natural bringback option. Um, so I'll kind of split that between Pitts and Ridley. Um, arguably, he's had the better role than, than Ridley as of late. Um, so if you if you factor all that into him being at a position that generally lacks upside, like he's a, he's an excellent play. Like if you're looking for ceiling at the tight end position, he's he's definitely one of the top options. Okay. So other than that, everyone else is pretty much on the low own side of things. So we'll save any takes that you might have on other tight ends for the end of the show. Uh, just a reminder, if you guys want to come over to Rotor Grinders and play some NBA tonight, uh, sign up for Rotor Grinders Premium. The projections team is absolutely all over it. They are crushing it this year. They are, you know, they're, they're digging deep into areas of statistics that you, you, quite frankly, you would think is nerdy and geeky, and you would just laugh at them for just spending all their time looking at such nonsense. But at the end of the day, it yields projections that you can use to your advantage in DFS and you're certainly going to want to get access to RG premium and use them tonight. Okay. Total defenses on DraftKings. It's a little bit different than we'll see on some other sites. We can just say that every week. I don't even know why I say it every all the time. Uh, I think that the Washington football team is going to be chalk. It's possible that Seahawks are also chalk. I actually want to flip this around looking at this right now. It just looks yeah. wrong to me. I think, I think Washington's going to be higher than Seattle. And I think that uh, if you're going to get into the mid-range of things, Buffalo, uh, Atlanta, and Cincinnati are all good teams that could carry some ownership on this slate. Uh, how would you sort of fr- frame this up? Do you, do you think that I'm correct here? And you're looking at the projections as they're posted right now that Washington's going to get higher than Seattle? Yeah, I agree. That was the only thing I was going to mention uh, to flip around would be, would be that. Um, but yeah, I agree with Bills being the – the 3k defense or higher that's going to be the highest owned um i agree with the distribution here i'm trying to figure out where okay rams i i kind of hate do you do you prefer how fanduel does their defensive pricing or do you prefer how DraftKings does it i'd like to be able to roster the rams you know you can't possibly right. roster the rams at 5.1 there's you know the payoff is just so incredible to to yep. get you know you're talking about cole beasley's 4.9 so who's who's more likely to get you 18 DraftKings points, the Rams defense or Colby? I mean, it's I mean not not that you, you it's not directly comparable the way that the roster positions work, but it's still too expensive to me. Like yeah, I'd like uh, to see him side, drop. I, it I can understand though, I can understand though how popular the Rams would be if they dropped the price, you know, even to like 3,500 or something. It would just be just through the roof, or at least a lot yeah, higher. I was gonna than say it put now. it at 4K, put it like a 4K ceiling, make it at least a little bit more tempting. Um, but yeah, at 5K, you can't you can't do it. Yeah, probably the other team that I would say I would I would steal a little bit more of this 49ers. Now, I like the 49ers. I think they project well, but I think that it's despite how you know close that is, I think the Bengals against the Jets should be fairly popular in the spot. So if you're looking to try to stay away from the highest owned defenses, uh, I think Washington is going to be certainly very popular. And I think because versus Jacksonville, Seattle should be pretty popular. Um, other than that, I don't think anyone else is going to get, you know, absurd. I think the, the Bengals pose some risk of that, but I don't think it'll get there. Uh, on FanDuel, by the way, I think that that team is definitely going to be the Rams. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, again, that's just a, a matter of it's just easier to get there. Um, you're going to want the Rams against Houston, but, God, you know, you, you would prefer to take a lower lower own defense than, like, 20-plus percent if you can. Okay. Tuttle, it's time. We need to get low-owned picks out there into the public. We, we haven't been very good lately, I'm going to be honest. Like, the last couple of weeks have just been shit. So we've got to definitely come through here and come up with some kind of 
actual winners for the people. I, hopefully people, they don't give a rat's ass what I think, but hopefully they're not taking your picks and just running to the, to the woods with them lately because we, we, we're, we're running people into the poorhouse here, Tuttle. We need winners. Let's go. Tell me a quarterback that you think could get, you know, again, in some universe, to the top of a millionaire maker type field. Yeah, the one I've been hyping too much already, so I'm not going to spend like a, a ton of time on it, is Sam Darnold um, and his pass catchers. He's he, We got him, I think, what, around 6% projection, so not super low owned, but he's not going to be high owned. Um, the real ugly play that I kind of alluded to early, earlier on in the show, and it pairs well coming off the defense segment because I do think Washington football team defense is going to be chalk. Um, the ugly play, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, we think there's a good chance he's going to get Jerry Judy back uh, to near full health. Uh, so this this would be the first full game that he would have Judy and Cortland Sutton. Uh, we mentioned before that Washington football team, specifically defensively, has been terrible against the pass, uh, much better against the run. Uh, that does cause a bit of uh, teams to rely more on the passing attack. Um, so like Bridgewater, I'm not expecting some massive 40-point game out of him, but if he gets to – 25 points here with a touchdown or two to Judy and, and Sutton. Like I, I think he's an interesting option. Yeah. T- tell me something. Is Burrow, is Burrow going to be under like 6% owned here? Um, I don't because know. I, I, that's how I have it now. If Burrow's under 6%, he's my guy. I mean, again, yeah. I think, I think there's, there's some debate as you know, you're going to run the algorithm here again tonight and see if we can come up with the, the truth here. But if Burrow ends up being low owned, he's somebody certainly that qualifies as a low owned play that I would be interested in. And it's for the reasons that we mentioned earlier. I think that the Jets defense has a propensity to be more beatable through the air than on the ground. And I do think that the Bengals are gonna come in here and put some offense together. So if that is the case, how is the how, how are the Bengals gonna to get to their team implied total or above it? And it's definitely going to be with Joe Burrow in the passing game. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to use Jamar Chase, but you mentioned Higgins. I'm not afraid to, you know, to use uh, one, one of the lesser uh, guys in this or even use Mixon with the Burrow stack. But at the end of the day, if I'm looking for a low owned option here, I think that Burrow fits the bill. Is it, is it like embarrassing to mention that I thought about Jared Goff? Like, is that, is that also like a possible I, I thought thing about him earlier happen? this week. I, I can't pull the trigger though. I don't think. I don't think so either, but I mean, I'm looking at 5.2 and I'm looking at versus Philadelphia here and like, hmm, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I, I just figured I'll throw that out there that I am dumb enough to actually think, hmm, I wonder if Jared Goff could get it done this week. Okay, let's get to the running back position. Who do you have that you think could be low owned and potentially dangerous in week number eight? So this is where we get to talk about Nick Chubb, right? It is. Um, have you seen that? What was the last Cleveland's practice report? Did you see it? I did not see where, we, where we're going here, but I mean, Chubb is looking, trending towards he's going to be available from everything that I've seen so far. Well, okay, full practice. That's what I wanted to know. Full practice does not have an injury designation. I was interested mostly on the, on the full practice part. Um, he's going to be higher on than this, right? No. And, How? And, and if not, Against Pittsburgh? And if not, why? Like, is it just defense? But yeah. it's like, well, I mean, well, also, you have to keep in mind that Chubb's entire, you know, career, especially the last couple of years, you know, I mean, he's had Kareem Hunt that's been lurking in, in the back of people's minds the entire time. There hasn't been a whole ton of spots where it was just Chubb out there. I mean, I mean, cer- certainly that there, there have been plenty of spots, but when's the last time that you've seen Chubb in the 30s, right? I mean, has he even, does he have a 30-point fantasy game in two seasons? He has no. to. No. He has to. No. Are people I'm worried seeing... that Dearness Johnson's going to steal like the cream hunt snaps? Is that is that the issue here? Because I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. What I'm saying is that the the thought there's no bias in anyone's mind where Kareem Hunt or that Nick Chubb is just this like like smash play in a good in like you know even some of the best matchups. So now we're talking about against Pittsburgh, he's going to be low owned, no question about it. Injured, no question, low owned. Tell me what you like. How you should how jam that right? I don't know. You tell me. I mean, if he's going to be low owned, um, we're looking at a potentially increased role with Kareem Hunt. You can't you can't lock it in. Um, he's never been much of a pass catching back, so I'm not going to just lock in that he's going to see some increase in, in 
in um, passing work, but at the very least, he's not going to lose goal line carries. Like he's going to, which he has in the past to cream hunt. I'm pretty confident that he's going to maintain all the early down work could mix it on some of the third, the third down work still as well. Um, we did see the situation reversed, right? Where Kareem Hunt or yeah, where Kareem Hunt was a healthy and they still had Darren Johnson and Kareem Hunt was the guy um, in that situation. Like, yes, I know Darren Johnson looked awesome against the Broncos on Thursday night football, but it's not like this guy hasn't been on the roster all season. They, they know what he is. Um, Chubb is going to get the majority of the work here, assuming he's fully healthy, which was helpful that we saw that he was a full participant in practice. Like I, I love his, I love this play. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely interesting. Uh, a worse version of, of this play and a much better matchup in my estimation is Damian Harris. Uh, the, the chargers are surprisingly beatable on the ground this season. Uh, Dam- Damian Harris is certainly someone that you're going to need touchdowns from because you're just not going to get, especially, I mean, so I, I might prefer this more on other daily fantasy sites than on DraftKings, to say the least, but he's certainly been coming through uh, lately in the touchdown department. He's reached hundred yards and proving that that's something that is re- repeatable in his bag now with the current version of the Patriots offense. And if I know the Patriots like the game plan against opponent weaknesses, and I can just picture this being a week where they're going to come out there and they have those two tight end sets that they can just ram right down your throat and the charges have proven vulnerable pretty much each and every week this year. So I think Harris is once again, a guy is going to be overlooked, especially with the rising price tag. Uh, and that could get you someplace in tournaments if he ends up doing it again and these other 6K guys fail. Give me somebody at the wide receiver position. Um, so Judy would be the one guy. Uh, we talked about him a little bit already, and I do think his ownership will increase if we get positive reports. But um, I guess similar to Chubb coming off injury typically drives down ownership. Uh, we saw multiple lot times last season, guys coming off injury um, that just absolutely smashed. Debo Samuel comes to mind. Um, and it sounds like Judy is like they, they activate him last week. He has a lot of practice in him already. Uh, so it's not, he's going to be, you know, a last minute decision on if he can play or not. He should seemingly be mostly healthy. Uh, so like him, um, Terry McLaurin would be the other guy that I wanted to mention. Uh, same game. Uh, he is like, who else are they going to throw to this week? I mentioned it with Ricky Seals Jones already. Uh, McLaurin's just, just so good. And he's going to get all the targets. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Uh, the, the no, no, no one's going to be able to, no one's going to want to challenge the Denver secondary, which is fantastic uh, with McLaurin. So that, that's, that's definitely going to be a low owned selection. Uh, the steel, no, these, neither of the Steelers are going to get owned. Now I'm not, I'm not that interested in going crazy here, but if I can, you know, if I can try to weasel my way into like a Chase Claypool at 6.3 or De- Deontay Johnson at 6.7. I mean, I think that certainly those guys have the 20 plus fantasy point upside that, that makes a difference. And I think you can say the same thing for DK Metcalf. Uh, 6.8 against yeah. Jacksonville, the matchup. Now, I know it's Geno Smith, so this is, this is, that's the why. Like, why isn't DK Metcalf owned? It's because Geno Smith. But at this kind of price and against this matchup, I don't know. I don't even, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if it matters. I, I think we should be looking at both Lockett and Metcalf at these low ownerships here in hopes that Geno Smith can uncork one like he did last week to Metcalf. Okay. Tight end position. Any particular takes here for week number eight? A um, few different ones. Tyler Higby was one that stood out. We mentioned we like the passing attack for the Rams. Higby um, stands out as a way to get, you know, part of that uh, attack at low ownership. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, if you're looking for somebody with actual upside at the position that's not named Kyle Pitts, probably has to be Hawkinson. And that's more or less it this week, honestly, other than I guess Goddard I'd throw in there too. Um, and then Hunter Henry was the last one. Look, I got, I got one for you. What about Gronk? Gronk. Okay. So you look at this tight end, uh, this Tampa Bay stack. I mean, I could be wrong about this ownership, but I mean, is, is, if, is Gronk going to be 5% owned or less here with the, at these kind of prices? I think that there's certainly yeah. a potential for that. And if that's the case, I mean, what have we seen from Gronk when healthy this year? We've seen someone who can reach, you know, the 20 DraftKings point mark pretty easily the way he's been used. So that's certainly a situation that I would be mindful of uh, if you're trying to make a Tom Brady stack, especially. But even if you're not, uh, Gronk is going to give you the upside, pretty similar upside to some of these other guys without all the ownership. Yeah, Folks, 
please like and subscribe this channel if you enjoy the, the information that we're delivering on player popularity each and every week. You can like us on the RG podcast feed or like us on YouTube. That's going to do it here for the Unship Report in week number eight. Wish you the best of luck in all of your daily fantasy contests. For Dan Gasper, Mr. Total 05, I'm Chris Tremino. We'll be back again week number nine. Go win something.